Welcome to the show, everyone. Trevor Turnbull here with a solo episode, and this is part two of many, many parts that I will continue to do and evolve into, meaning me evolving as a person. I call it the 12 dimensions of life. And to give a little context and a little bit of backstory on this, so three months ago, I recorded an episode called uh, the vulnerable, honest truth about my pursuit to have it all. And then on the thumbnail for the video itself, I put the 12 dimensions of life part one. And what it was, was a self-assessment of these 12 dimensions as I defined them through my own exploration of trying to figure out how can I truly have it all in life? And what does that even mean exactly? Does that mean that I have to have all of it and therefore sacrifice other people from having more? Or does that mean that we live in this truly abundant world where, you know, everybody can have it all? And what does that actually mean? Let's define what that actually looks like. And is it an external thing or is it an internal thing? Or is it a combination of the two? It led me down a pretty deep path of trying to explore the answer to this question. And, you know, in part of the process of just defining these 12 dimensions of life, I did my research and I dove deep on a number of different things. So I've been for lack of a better term, working on myself now since I would say, you know, really in a dedicated manner since like 2013. So I attended a transformational leadership program in 2013. I was enrolled by a guy by the name of Lewis House, who I'm forever indebted and grateful for, uh, for enrolling me in that. He enrolled me with the intention that this is going to make you get everything you want in life, all the finances, all the impact, all the influence, all the stuff that was so ego-driven where I was like, I'm in. <laughs> and then I showed up to that experience with like 130 other people and realized really quickly that it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. It was, it was really a deep dive inward into all of the stories and the pains and the trauma that I was holding on to that was actually holding me back, that was causing me to play small that was causing me to be uh, selfish in a non-good way, right? Because there is a lot of positive in being selfish, right? As opposed to being selfless. And, you know, that was kind of the beginning of it. And then since then, there's been many, many iterations of, uh, you know, experiences that I've dove into. There's been many books that I've read. There's been uh, many programs that I've been a part of. And one of those was Lifebook. So Lifebook has their 12 spokes of life, I believe they call it. Maybe they even refer to it as dimensions as well. But I remember going through that and thinking, whoa, this is powerful. Like I'm actually getting some deep reflective questions here to go to go really, really deep on all of these areas of life where in some cases I might not have even thought of it before, you know, not even considered it something that I needed to pay attention to. It was just a part of living, right? But when I really focused intention around it and I and I was able to evaluate, like, where am I on this on a scale? You know, the scale that I make up um, as far as how's it going? You know, am I being of integrity and living up to my full potential? Am I, you know, being present and and committed and accountable to the things that I say that I want to do and be and have in this world? And you know, in going through that though, too, I also had a few areas of it where I was like, mm, 
I don't know if I really understand what they're trying to say in this one section or even if I align with it. So I started exploring other things and I pieced together what I thought was ultimately what I felt the 12 dimensions of life are. Now you can probably break this down into 1200 if you really wanted to, but you know, these main core areas of life that ultimately to me make up having it all, knowing full well that having it all is really just a, um, you know, an I am statement of I am enough. I am love. I am um, worthy. All of these things that I had to actually dive deep into and realize that there was very little to do with the external aspects of all of this and a lot to do with how my brain worked, how I tapped into my breath, how I tapped into the uh, the calm and the silence, all of these different things. And and you'll see when I talk about these 12 dimensions here too, that uh, I've really, really focused on my spiritual growth, knowing that in my opinion, it is the foundation. It is the ultimate representation of me focusing on me, knowing that, and I've spoke about this lots before, that there is a hierarchy to all of this. You know, if I want to have it all, like the amazing relationship with my wife and, you know, incredible kids that are emotionally intelligent and living with vibrancy and energy and love and all of these things, I got to take care of me first. I can't focus on my kids ahead of me. I can't focus on my wife and my relationship even ahead of me. It has to go in a hierarchy of me first, you first, and then my relationship with my wife, my life partner, the person that I'm choosing to live in this world with, and then my kids. And a lot of times I think people get that backwards. And even me too, I thought at times, you know, like if I can just make sure that my kids are good, then my relationship will get better. It's like, no, you make your relationship a priority and your kids see that and then they model that and they see how you show up and they start, you know, showing up in a way that is reflective of how who you're being as opposed to what you're saying to them. So that's been a big part of the journey is just to find this oneness within to know that, you know, and I've got all these words on the graphic, you'll be able to see it linked up on the post on my website. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it, you can go to the, the website and find this. But I have all these words that kind of encompass this um, this uh, way of being, you know, which is self-actualization, consciousness, enlightenment, gratefulness, awareness, intuition, oneness, presence, creativity, curiosity, beauty, and love. Now, again, these are just words. We can define these differently. You might say it's one thing and I might say it's another, but they are words that are extremely powerful and they're ones that I choose to embody. Now I'm on a journey to figure out what that even actually means and to then dive deep on these different topics. But the spiritual uh, growth and journey for me has been the foundation for me to be able to access that. And, you know, I think the first thing that I want to start with here too, before I get into the ranking system, because what I did on the last episode was I just broke down what, how I defined each one of these 12 dimensions. And then I gave myself a score. And then I said, I would come back in three months and I would rank myself again. And again, you know, the ranking system right now is arbitrary, you know, like it's, it's zero to 10. Uh, it could be zero to a hundred right now. I'm going to keep it zero to 10, but maybe next time I'll switch that up and just give myself a little more flexibility to say I'm a 63 and now I'm a 67, you know, but right now let's just keep it simple. Zero to 10. 
And the numbers that I chose were just straight up based on gut feel, right? And in fact, I need to get my pen out because I need to write these down because I haven't done this. I haven't done the assessment for uh, part two yet, but I'm going to do it as we go here. So um, let me just talk through these first, because one of the things that I realized too is that I've redefined the, the description and the words that are used to define the different 12 dimensions. Not all of them. Some of them are still the same. And I'm like, yes, I'm still very much aligned on that. Others have shifted and changed. And I'm going to explain what I mean by this and why I made these changes as well. In fact, I have all my notes right here. So in fact, maybe I should just do it as I go. I'm going to, I'm going to talk through each one and then I'm going to explain whether or not I changed the, uh, the dimension or not. Um, the name of it and then how I define that. And then again, you know, like if you're watching this and you're thinking, okay, I kind of like that. You're probably all also going to think, mm, I don't know if I align with that. And that's okay. Let me just say that out loud. There are many ways to define this. What does it mean to have it all? It's different for everybody. And truth be told, there's a lot of it where in my journey, especially even in the last three months, I've said to myself, maybe I do have it all already. What am I trying to strive for? Why am I telling myself that I don't have it all yet? I do have it all. And therefore, then I become that. And that's pretty deep. But that's something that I've been really reflecting and going deep on lately is why do I constantly think like I need to chase this thing that I don't think that I have the ability to attain that's like unattainable instead of just embodying it and being it right now in this moment. So just a side thought there. All right, so let me get into these. I'm gonna start with the first category, which uh, I call these quadrants, right? Because the graphic that I created essentially has these four separate big bubbles that kind of spin, spin out of the middle part. And one of those quadrants is called um, physical growth. So under physical growth, I've got self-care, fitness slash exercise, and health slash nutrition. So let's, and I've kept all of those exactly the same. Now, let me dive a little deeper into self-care. So what I mean by self-care is, you know, sleeping, um, getting out into nature, breath, doing things that, that create enjoyment in my life, um, music, for example, you know, and, and then just physically taking care of myself, right? Like massages and Cairo and brushing my teeth and like, and get very granular, you know, like having a shower every day all of that kind of stuff. And you can see where these things kind of bleed over because I might say like, you know, going to the beach and putting my feet in the sand and going swimming. Well, swimming's kind of physical and more around the fitness and exercise side of things. So there's kind of some bleed over, but some of them do fit very clearly into these. But self-care. So the last time I did this, I wasn't sure if I wanted to look back on my numbers from last time because I didn't want to kind of skew my thoughts, but I think it's good to uh, assess, like, what did I say last time? I said I was a six. What would I say now? Well, we've moved our family down to Costa Rica since I, since I did that last episode. And I was preparing myself for being the person that I wanted to be when I landed here in Costa Rica, which meant that I was being that person in Canada before I left as well. But I was not fully 10 out of 10 in all areas. But when it came to self-care, this was one of the things where I said, I'm going to lean into this thing. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to bed around nine o'clock, getting the kids to bed and then going to bed myself. I had a really bad habit before of staying up from nine until midnight and catching up on all the stuff that I didn't do during the day. 
And I've done that a couple of times since I've been here, but not typically for work. Usually, you know, it's researching vehicles because we still haven't bought a vehicle since we moved here and we're renting one and we, we just need to buy a vehicle. So I've been putting some hours into the evenings a little bit here and there. I want to say, you know, in the three weeks we've been here, maybe, maybe three days out of those three weeks, I've spent some evenings working a little later than I wanted to and then got to bed around 11 or so, which quite frankly, like, Going to bed at nine versus 11, man, have I seen a huge difference. It's made a huge difference in my life. And then of course, when I think about these other buckets, like getting out into nature, I make a point to get outside every single day, periodically throughout the day. But then when the kids are home, which they may actually walk in here while I'm recording this episode. In fact, I'm gonna close my door right now <laughs> and lock it just so that they don't come in, which might cause some, uh... <laughs> Some turmoil anyways, because if they want in, they're going to come knocking. But um, that'll at least keep them at bay for a little bit. But getting out into nature. So the kids come home around 2.30, 3 o'clock. And I make a point to either go in the pool with them or get their shorts on and bring them down to the ocean. So I'm feeling really good about how I'm taking care of myself. And, you know, my wife and I had uh, somebody come in and do massages for us the other day, too. Just set it up in the master bedroom and you know they bring the mobile table and stuff and we took care of that and uh, so I'm feeling really good about it but I know that there's still areas that I can improve but I am going to bump myself up I'm going to give myself an eight on that so you know that's a plus two I'm pretty happy with that that's something that I said I need to prioritize my self-care which meant slowing down which meant saying, nope, you don't have to go and do that work right now. It can wait till tomorrow. And if you don't have time to do it tomorrow or the next day or the next day, maybe you should just knock it off your list completely and just not do it. And that's been a huge, huge breakthrough for me. Huge. Uh, because I'm prioritizing my self-care ahead of one of these other quadrants, which might be you know, finances, for example. But approaching it from the perspective of why can't I take care of myself and watch my finances explode? And I'll get into the finances here in a second when I get to that one. But, you know, this is where you can see all of these things kind of overlapping. And like when you lean into one thing, other things actually can amplify as well. And yeah, I'm just a big believer in it and I'm leaning right into it. So that's the first one is self-care. Secondly, fitness exercise. So I ranked myself a six on that one as well last time. And that was because... I was kind of working out when I was back home. You know, I had kettlebells and I had lots of great equipment actually at the house. I was didn't have a gym membership or anything. And I was getting out with kids a little bit here and there and going for walks. But like I wasn't running. I wasn't working out. I wasn't going to a gym or anything. Now I'm here and I have a gym membership and I go religiously, you know, like it's four to five days a week. Um, and I actually want to increase that. And, uh, you know, not just getting in the gym, but also... You know, I've only been out surfing once. Um, I just have chosen again to prioritize other things to make sure that our family gets settled, to get this vehicle, all of these things where I was like, the surfing can wait. Like I'm really itching to get in there like two, three times a week and buy my own surfboard and all that. In fact, I'm gonna put it up on the wall right here so that it's a part of my backdrop for when I record videos. But I just haven't, uh, you know, been able to get out there much. But I've stepped it up on my fitness too. And man, have I noticed it. Like, you know, guys and maybe gals too can relate to this, but you know, when you have that little kind of bulge that goes over top of the belt when you lean over and you're like, oh, this does not feel good. That's how I was feeling. Like I've never, 
I've never really been overweight. Like I've never been overweight. Um, I've just been kind of skinny fat at times in my life. And now I'm feeling strong and I'm feeling lean and I'm, I'm wanting to get stronger. So I'm going to give myself an eight on that one as well. Um, because there's still room to improve. There's still room to, you know, be more committed and focused in the way that I'm doing my fitness and my exercise. Uh, but consistency wise, I'm showing up, um, you know, just about every single day and making sure that I get to the gym. And that's again, part of like my morning routine. Like I go to the gym before I start my day, non-negotiable. It is what it is. The next one, health and nutrition. So with health, I would say I ranked myself a six before as well. I'm going to give myself an eight on that as well. These are three areas that I've really focused on, especially since we moved to Costa Rica. Um, now, it's been a bit more challenging here because naturally everything that I was eating before wasn't, isn't as easy to find. And I'm talking about things like, you know, I was eating a lot of ground beef before because that was actually a part of the uh, nutrition program that I was a part of, which was ground beef and, uh, and it wasn't wheat pasta, but just other like bean pastas and that type of thing. And what was the, the thing called nutritional yeast? I put nutritional yeast on it. And I had this whole nutrition plan that I was following uh, before June. And then I kind of tailed off on it. Now that I've come here, it's just hard to find that kind of stuff. So I've just had to shift what I've been eating, but I've just been adapting to what's here, which is a lot of raw organic foods. You know, I eat a lot of eggs. I eat a lot of beans. I eat a lot of uh, rice. We do eat chicken and we eat a lot of seafood. So between all of those things, I'm putting really good things in my body and I've been sticking pretty good to my intermittent fasting kind of window as well. I try not to eat until about 11 a.m. And then I try to stop eating around 6 p.m. And I'm not perfect. And that's why I'm not giving myself a 10 because, you know, I still enjoy a good snack. And man, I love my sweets. I just love chocolate. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's like an Achilles heel for me. And it's something that since we wanted to transition the kids slowly too, we couldn't just like change everything on them because... I'll get into that when I, when I get to family, but you know, we still got chocolates and sweets and stuff around the house. So I sneak those in every once in a while. And that's just the truth, right? Which is why I give myself an eight and not a 10. All right. So that's the first quadrant. The second quadrant is the one that I refer to as uh, relationship, the relationship growth side of me, right? And having it all. And there is three components to that one too. One is community slash social, which I've now redefined as network, social, extended family, that type of thing. So I'm going to update that on the graphic as well as on the article that I wrote, as well as in the journal that I created, which is this guy right here, which I'll explain what I'm doing with this as well, um, because this is going to become a part of what I'm creating going forward too, to be of service to other people. And it'll get incorporated into the men's group that I'm uh, co-creating right now, as well as the retreats that I'm co-creating right now and whatever else I end up creating out of all of this stuff. That's where business alignment comes in. But community slash social, which is now network slash social, extended family, that type of thing, right? So I'm thinking concentric circles. So how am I doing with regards to that? I gave myself a four before, and that was because I didn't really spend a lot of time trying to make new friends or stay in touch with friends aside from a really tight circle. 
And then even quite frankly, reaching out and staying in touch with relatives and extended family, my sisters, my, my parents, that type of thing. But it's got better. And I was a four before. I'm going to give myself a six. So I'm going to give myself a plus two. It's still not where I want it to be. Um, but we've made a point to, you know, send photos and videos back home to family, touch base and connect, reaching out to people, just seeing how they're doing, getting on video calls, that type of thing. And then the other side of this too is just we've been forced into a social network because we have kids in school. So we're just meeting people. And I talked about this in my episode last week where I was discussing the, the truth about moving our family to Costa Rica. I found in the first little bit that even I was a little bit kind of like, not standoffish, but just a little bit hesitating to try and meet new people and be friendly and all that kind of stuff. And I found that I attracted what I put out into the world. And then I caught myself and I was like, wait a second, this does not need to be complicated. When I drop my son off at, at his kindergarten, why don't I just make a point to smile at everybody and go, good morning, good morning. Hey, good morning, good morning, and do it consistently. And what I found was that it just completely shifted. Those people started like opening up to me. They would make a point to say good morning to me before I would even say it. They're smiling, they're lifting their heads up. It really does make a difference. And when we pay attention to these things, um, it becomes, you know, what we focus on amplifies. And I remember doing this in 2013 as a part of the transformational leadership program that I was in. It was one of the exercises that we actually did, which is why don't you make a conscious effort to smile and be friendly to every single person you come across, everybody. And at the time we were living in Vancouver and I remember walking, we used to live in this area that was, it's called East Hastings, which has a lot of a really bad homeless problem. And I would think to myself, well, like those people too, should I be, looking down on the street where I can see people literally smoking crack on the street and smile at them. And I thought, yes, these are humans. These are people that are experiencing a lot of pain right now and trauma. And there, there's a reason why they're there. It's not because they just chose to be addicts. They had circumstances in their lives that brought them to that place. Nobody wants to be in that situation. They just happen to be there. So just a little bit of kindness, a little bit of compassion, and man, did I notice a, a feeling inside of me that just lifted me up. And then, and then we forget about these things. I should say I, like I forgot about these things. And then, but I caught myself, you know, in the first week or so here. So I noticed a big difference. So I'm gonna give myself a six on that. I bumped myself up by two points on that one. Parenting. So I actually reference this one as family now. And I say that because when, well, I don't want it to just be parenting because it can be parenting. It can be, um, you know, uh, parents being a mentor to other people or other people's kids. It can be you're a godparent and, or you're an uncle or whatever it might be, right? So it's, it's family. It's how do we connect with and stay in touch with and lift up and elevate our family. And with regards to family, let me just look and see what I gave myself. I gave myself a seven before. I'm gonna be as bold as to say that I'm a nine on this right now. And the reason for that, I just keep going up by two on all of these, but that's what just feels right. And there's other areas where I'm gonna say that I'm, I'm less than what I was last time, but I'll get to that. So I'm a nine right now. And the reason being is that, 
you know, for, from a variety of circumstances that happened leading up to us moving here and then landing here and realizing like, whoa, this is a major, major milestone and a disruption in our life, in our family's life. And for me, I was kind of like, let's do it. You know, I was excited. I was pumped. I was preparing myself to be here. I was mentally visualizing being in the pool, taking the kids to the beach, going surfing. I was here already three months ago back in Kelowna, but my family was not, my wife was not, my kids were not. They were talking about it, but they really had no idea. And in the first couple of days, it was extreme, <laughs> very extreme. The kids were saying, well, I want to go home. We are home, son. No, not this home. And they were missing family and friends and just the familiarity of their life. And I put 90% of my life to the side, aside from taking care of me, self-care, physical exercise, all the spiritual stuff that I'll talk about. And I just made sure that my kids were good. And it has not come without challenge. It's been extremely challenging. You know, lots of meltdowns, lots of late nights, lots of uh, dragging them out of bed in the morning, lots of, I don't want to go to school today. And then getting there and being so happy. And then you wonder like, why is this such a struggle? But I had to just lean into it, be present, be patient, and just be there for my kids. Let them know that they're safe and that they're loved. And I... Personally, it started to bring up these thoughts too, where I had to forgive myself when I was thinking back to when I was a child. And, you know, I had a memory, for example, of going down this, this, uh, this, this journey of wearing a Batman suit for Halloween. And it was in Saskatchewan where I grew up and it was extremely cold that year. And I remember falling down and tripping over my costume and the rest of my family, my parents, and my sister kind of walking ahead of me. And I was thinking, oh my God, they're leaving me behind. And I remember this recurring nightmare happening about that and thinking like, how am I still remembering this 40 years later? And then I thought about my kids and I thought about what they're going through right now. All the new sights, the sounds, the smells, the, the people, the the friendships, the food, everything. It's so, so different. And I just get to be present and patient and remind them that they're loved and that they're worthy and that they're, they're, um, you know, it's exactly, they're exactly, they're me when I was a child. So I get to be that person for them. So I'm going to give myself a nine on that. And on that note, I'm just going to say, Hey, Shar, I'm just recording a podcast episode. Can I finish this? Okay, I'm just gonna pause myself. I'm probably gonna keep this, just one sec. I'm gonna keep this in the recording too. I'm gonna pause myself. Oh man, how perfectly timed is that? So this is the uh, the shift though, honestly, is you know before we moved here, Sharmila and I had a window from like eight, seven or eight in the morning until five o'clock because we had a live-in nanny. We had a nanny that lived in our house and we don't have anything like that here now. I drop the kids off in the morning between 7.30 and 8.30, and then I go and do my stuff. I go to the gym, I come home, I make my good breakfast, and then I get to work, I go to the beach. And then at 2.30, we go and pick them up. So things have completely shifted. And again, that's where it goes back to the, um, the family side of things, which is, all right, I can resist this. I can find, try and find a babysitter or an after-school program and all these things. And I was like, 
nah, man, I'm just going to hang out with my kids. I'm going to bring them to the beach. I'm going to go to the pool. And of course, today uh, I start my recording at like 2.30 and here they come. But I should have known this, you know, like I, I kind of created this myself. But, you know, old me might have got irritated or upset by that. And but now I'm I just have to surrender to this. You know, it is what it is. And you're going to hear them still. They're outside the door right now. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give myself a nine because I feel like I'm doing pretty good there. And it's all about patience and presence and everything else. And there you go. See? Yes, son. Oh, yeah. Go upstairs and eat your smoothie. Mommy made you a smoothie. Okay. Perfect transition as well. So the next one that I have on the list is I used to define it as relationships. Um, what I'm defining this as now is romance, intimacy, partner, relationship. And the reason why I shifted that was, again, it kind of goes back to uh, what I experienced in 2013, because back then I created a contract. In fact, let me grab this thing and see if I can show it on the video. If it's even here, my son keeps grabbing this and hiding it on me. Is it here? No, it's not here. Okay, so my son has hidden this. It's this like diamond thing, but on it, it says, I am a vulnerable, honest, romantic man. And that contract that I made with myself was done when I went through that experience. And really what it was, was what do I want to embody? Who am I? Who am I aspiring to be? And I was aspiring to be more vulnerable, to speak my truth out loud, to be more honest, to not have to just be the nice guy that says the nice thing and doesn't want to upset anybody. I want to speak out loud. I want to be able to be honest, but in a caring, loving kind of way, right? And then I want to be more romantic and romantic meaning in my relationship with my wife. And, you know, in the three weeks that we transitioned to move here, my wife, I've kind of joked about it and I referenced it in the last podcast I did, but, you know, I landed here and was loving it from the minute that I got here. The kids landed here, hypothetically, about a week into it. You know, the first week they felt like we were on vacation and they wanted to go home. My wife, hadn't landed here and quite frankly is still in the process of actually landing. I think that she's now in the vicinity of Costa Rica. So she used to be over Utah. Then she was about uh, around the Texas area. And now I think she's pretty darn close to Costa Rica. She might be over top of Nicaragua right now. You know, I'm speaking tongue in cheek here a little bit, but she's really uh, struggled with it. And for a variety of reasons that are not really for me to say, it's, it's for her to tell her story whenever she's ready, if that day ever comes. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. But, you know, one thing that I committed to last week in a men's group that I'm a part of on Mondays was that my vulnerability in action was going to be that I would go out of my way to make sure that my wife felt seen and heard and acknowledged and loved and that we would make time to be with each other, to go to date night again, because we had a really good thing going before we left for Costa Rica. 
where every Friday it was date night and we went and explored all of the wineries around uh, Kelowna, which are incredible in West Kelowna in Canada. And now that we're here, I look around this place and I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so many places that I want to go, but we just can't bring our kids to a lot of these places. We just can't. So, well, how are we going to make this happen? We don't have a nanny. We don't have any family here. We don't really know anybody well enough to trust them with our kids right now. So I guess we just called it in where we ended up meeting this, this uh, 21 year old gal who was uh, serving us at a restaurant who was just getting along so great with the kids. And we found out that she was waitressing there and working another job and going to school. And she was dating the son of the owner of the restaurants. And, you know, everybody knew who she was in town. The guy that we rented our house from knows who she is. Just very reputable, right? Where we're like, okay, I think we can trust this person to be with our kids. And, you know, it's just, you're always a little hesitant because you just don't know, you just don't know. But we did, we had her come over and she was just incredible with the kids. And we stayed for about an hour just to make sure the transition was okay. And quite honestly, our kids like ignored us for the whole hour. They just like totally obsessed with this, this gal who was like playing with them and giving them all the attention and going in the pool with them and all of this stuff. And we were able to go for a beautiful, um, it wasn't even dinner because we weren't even hungry. We hardly eat anything here. Uh, and when we do, it's just such fresh, rich food that you get full really fast. So we went down and we had ceviche and tuna tartare down on the beach. We watched the sunset, had a couple of drinks, had a great conversation, really connected, you know, really had an opportunity to speak as adults outside of being just parents and just trying to get through the day, navigating the meltdowns that our children seem to be going through. Uh, multiple times on a daily basis. So when it comes to relationship that I've now redefined as romance or intimacy, I'm going to give myself, I had myself as, as an eight, I'm going to keep it as an eight. I'm going to say that we we kept our word to say that we are going to make time for each other. And we are also going to start integrating what we were doing before with regards to quarterly retreats for the two of us as well, a couple retreat where we would go away for a full night at least, maybe even two nights. Now, we still need to figure out how that's all going to work because I don't know if we can hire a babysitter to do that. But we do have some family coming down here in October. So I think it's going to work out where we can scoot away for two days and we can, you know, even just be down the street. There's so many beautiful resorts here that are right on the ocean and uh, fairly inexpensive too, with amazing restaurants and nice pools and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get away and we'll have some time to connect and you know do our life plan together and talk about next steps and what do we want and where are we aligned, where are we not? What are we doing to better ourselves so that we can better our relationship? All of these things that we committed to almost a year ago and we're pretty consistent with up until the time that we moved and then we had all this disruption. So I made a point to make sure that we did that again. So that one, no improvement, but no decrease in it as well. I'm gonna say I'm an eight on that one. So those are the three areas related to relationship growth. Now, two more uh, quadrants to go here. The next one is around business growth. Now, this one's gonna be interesting when I explain what's going on here. So the first piece of this is finances. All right, here's the truth about finances. I was a seven before. 
my instinct is telling me to keep it at a set. You know what? I am going to keep it at a, at a seven. Here's why. So before leaving for Costa Rica, Sharmila had a job that she actually quit and then became a contractor to that company. She had a handful of clients that she was operating as a fractional CMO for, as well as just a strategist for some other clients where she's involved for a few hours. But then we also have a team of people behind us as well. We've got, you know, a whole team of people in India that do SEO and SEM, Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, LinkedIn ads, YouTube ads, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, I have a whole team behind me as well that Sharmila and I share in all of these things under the umbrella of our, our company, which is called Singbull. And on that side, we do everything from, you know, uh, authentic outreach and lead generation. So very customized, SDR-focused, um, personalized, account-based marketing type lead generation. Uh, content, I call it the Amplify Impact Machine. It is the pre-production, production, post-production, post copywriting and distribution of content and how you create authentic content that actually meets people at every stage of the buyer's journey so that you can build that trust, so that you can become aware and known in the, in the markets and generate the attention that you need in order to grow uh, your business. And all of the pieces related to that, and we have this amazing setup and this amazing team. And what happened, before we left was a couple of contracts that she was working on ended up stopping, unplanned. It wasn't something that we were expecting. There was a few aspects of it that were quite disappointing. There was some tie-ins with existing business and ex existing partners and whatnot where, you know, it was just a little disappointing. Like, really, this is not great timing for this to happen. But it was what it was, and it's actually quite a blessing because it's freeing up time for more aligned projects and more aligned activities to actually unveil themselves, which I'll get into in a second. And then for me, I came down here and I spoke about this on my Moving Our Family to Costa Rica, the update from last week. But, you know, I had an intention to really focus in on and lean into what I called the Source Collective. And this was a co-creation with Danielle Grant. And we had a conversation the day before I left where Danielle actually came to me and said, this no longer feels aligned. We need to stop. And I still remember the conversation and the feeling because I was in a hotel room because we had two nights in a hotel before we flew out. And I remember thinking, wait, what? Like we, we've done so much work on this together. We've collaborated on things. We built frameworks. We've understood exactly who we believe we can best serve and elevate in this container, the kind of people that we want to surround ourselves with, the projects and all the things that we can, that with focused, committed effort that we can go and create. But then it hit me really fast because what Danielle had communicated me was that she felt like she was dividing her attention between what we were co-creating and what she was solely creating with the spiritual room and reclaim your higher self, which I was participating in. And it was also a part of what we were doing in the source collective. And I had experienced reclaim your higher self and understood even myself too, that this is foundational work. And that when you start to hear these callings or when you start to feel your intuition saying, you're misaligned, you need to go this direction, 
in the past, I might've went, yeah, that's crazy because I'm already this far down this path. We're going this way. Now, what I do is I go, yeah, I think you're right. And part of me still kind of, you know, feels a little turmoil inside or a little bit of churning inside. But another part of me just surrenders and goes, yeah, this is what it is. And this is not, you know, the story that I might've told myself was like, oh my God, we're breaking up. We're, we're never going to do anything together again. Are we still going to be friends? What's going to happen? But it never really came to that, or at least I never went there in my head where I might've in the past. Now I was just thinking, okay, well, I got a clean slate, I, unlimited possibilities. What do I want to create? And I was excited for Danielle too, to really lean in and own what she has been working on for, well, really for the last 20 years, but really in a dedicated manner for the last couple of years and really focused on in the last like three, four months. I was excited because I've experienced it. I know what it's like. I also know that it's now become something that is a way of being for me where it's non-negotiable. And now when I choose to work with people, it's non-negotiable for me with the people that I work with too, because I don't, I'm not, I'm no longer an entrepreneur, digital marketing consultant, LinkedIn guy. Like that's not me anymore. That doesn't exist anymore. I still hold all of those skills and I know how to do all this stuff. I know how to build a team. I know how to create content. I know how to do distribution. I know how to drive leads. I know how to build funnels. I know, I know how to do sales. I know how to do all of these things. And I support people on that stuff. But I just know that if you focus solely on that and you have this expectation that it's going to look a certain way and then you don't get there and you think you failed, man, you failed before you even started. You really did. And is that what this is really about? Is this just about feeling like we are worthy because we've hit a certain sales goal or we've attained a certain status, a certain amount of influence or impact? Or is it about actually becoming one with yourself and knowing that when you do that, everything amplifies around you. You magnetically attract the people that you're trying to serve in this world. Your service to them amplifies because you hold them high to also be that greatest version of themselves, to slow down, to speed up, to prioritize calming the mind, trusting your intuition, moving in an aligned direction and knowing that when you're not aligned, it's time to hit the brakes and go this way. And don't hold on to stories of like, oh my God, that didn't work. I'm such a failure. How could I possibly, I can't speak about this out loud. Well, look at me, look at me. I spent a lot of time on the Source Collective, probably too much time thinking about it. We might be in a different place if I spent more focused time committing to it and enrolling into it and all of these things. But at the same time, I'm also of the mindset of like, no, it was exactly how it was supposed to be. It got us to here. It got me to here to be able to have this conversation on this podcast. So what a blessing. But naturally, there was finances tied to that. There was um, you know, goals that had been outlined and defined and stuff, and now that didn't exist. So that was something that I had to sit with and go, okay, are you okay with this? Well, yes, because I had prepared for us to move here. My wife and I both had prepared for us to move here. So financially, you know, we're good. We're good. And the clients that we still serve more than cover our expenses. In fact, it's, it's more than double that. And it, it fluctuates, of course, too, right? Because we have variations in the way that we work with clients and some come and some go and some expire uh, to the point of where we're taking them to so that they can go off on their own or whatever it might be. 
So yeah, I feel really good about where we're at with the finances. And then of course, the other side of this too is that, you know, we still own our home. We rented our home. We more than covered our mortgage and our expenses there. We were able to keep all of our stuff that we decided to keep locked up downstairs. Um, we have savings. We have, uh, I sold my business. So I have shares in a parent company that currently has no way for me to make that liquid, but it's going in the right direction. And I'm, I'm, I'm on the sidelines right now, not really actively participating in what's going on there, aside from just being an advocate and, you know, making people aware that republics exist which I'll link that up in the show notes for everybody if you're interested in looking at the new way that agencies can operate now where there is a collective of world-class, best-in-class agencies that are now under one umbrella through acquisition and how that's being streamlined into better processes, better results for clients, uh, not having to split your efforts between multiple vendors. It's all under one roof. So it's really exciting what's going on there too. And there will be a big payday for that at some point. I don't know exactly when, but it's coming. And that makes me feel pretty good. And that's why I would say on the finances side of things, I'm gonna keep myself as a seven because yes, we had a few dips in some expected revenue and then even some projected revenue. But what it did was just opened up space for like, okay, what should we do now? And that leads me into the next one here, which is business alignment. So biz alignment, that one, I ranked myself as an eight and, oh, this is interesting. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm actually going to drop myself two points. I'm going to drop myself down to a six, but here's the reason why. It's just because I'm still in a phase of discovery and alignment of my truth. What is it that I want to do going forward for work? Who do I want to serve? How do I want to serve them? Is there anybody else involved in that? What am I going to create from all of this space of time that I now have available, which, as I mentioned, is being eaten up by me making sure that I'm being the best dad and partner that I possibly can be, which is why it's such a blessing what's going on here right now. But I'm going to say six because I don't have full alignment on the direction that I'm going yet. And, you know, that's vulnerable for me to even say too, because part of me, the old me would say like, no, 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 you can't say that. You got to like say, no, like I know exactly what I'm doing. We should talk so that I can, you know, enroll you into this thing. But the truth is, is that like it's forming and shaping as we speak. And it's not like I'm starting from zero. I still have clients that I work with as a fractional CMO where I do strategy with them. We build landing pages and websites and SEO and SEM and content strategies and outreach. And I support them on sales process and, you know, all aspects of uh, revenue growth. And, and I love that when I work with the right clients, the kind of clients that I enjoy spending time with. And now I have just those clients. And my wife is getting there as well, too. She's still going through her own phases of business alignment. But one of the things that surfaced really is that, you know, the two of us together have done some pretty amazing things together. So Singbull is our parent company that we pulled together uh, and really just formalized what we called it about a year ago. 
And we were reminding ourselves or, and then just brainstorming, like, what does single stand for? What do we do? Who do we serve? What, what, like, what's the purpose of all this? Is this just to get another client and to make more money? And both of us were thinking like, no, it's not like neither one of us wants to get a client just to make money. There's no fulfillment in that. I don't want to get up and work on other people's shit when I can be working on my own stuff. It just makes no sense. So we got thinking, what has lit us up in the past? And the thing that we reminded ourselves of is that the thing that lit us up in the past and that we were really exceptional at is serving leaders of companies and and their businesses and the teams that they build underneath them to really see through a vision that is greater than themselves, that has a purpose to create the, make the world a happier place, a more beautiful place. And where this is um, really landed to where we thought, okay, well, what's an example of something like that that we've done is uh, Pila. So in 2000, well, I've known Jeremy, the founder of Pila since uh, 2001, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. But in 2008, 2009, he started to talk about this idea about this biodegradable phone case that he was inventing essentially and getting funding for and wanting to launch off the ground. And I, at that time, was thinking like, dude, this sounds amazing. Like, let me help you. Let, we'll help you go get the funding. We will build your first website. We'll tell the story. We will do the photographs. We'll do the design. We'll create your logo. We will uh, hire your first employee. And we did all of those things. We built his first e-commerce site. We launched his business with him. And we helped him figure out how to get the funding to be able to support and fuel all that stuff as he was in the startup phase. And then as the company continued to grow, Shar and I started doing different things because we've done lots of things over the last 10 years. We've constantly reinventing and deciding what wind we want to, you know, attach our sails to or, or lift our sails up into. But just thinking back on that is like we helped start all of that and did everything within that business. And Jeremy has been very outspoken and vocal about the fact that he's extremely grateful for the support that we gave him. And what a blessing. It's time to tell that story. It's time for us to step into that. We serve these change makers, the people that have crazy ideas where we look at them and go, that's inspiring shit. Like, I want to be a part of that. Let me bring my gifts to the table on this. And not just as a digital marketer, but as a visionary, as a creative, as somebody that can take your idea and then go, oh, wait a second. I need to connect you with this person because this collaboration with that, that's going to be magical. I don't even know how it's going to happen yet, but I know this person and I know this person and I have an idea of how to explain that vision. And I know the steps to be able to make it come to fruition whether it is the funding or the storytelling or the content creation or, you know, the website and the landing pages and all the, the, the technical aspects of, you know, marketing a business. This is what we do. And that's why I say even too, you know, we're a six because me and Char are still fully aligning on like, well, who's the next Jeremy that we get to serve? And we already have some ideas in mind and we're already in conversations with different people where at varying levels of, you know, just operating as a fractional CMO all the way up to taking an equity position in a company and pouring our resources into something where we're maybe not making as much money up front, but the back end potential is just massive. This is what we're entertaining now. And that's super exciting. 
and probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to surface if we didn't have all these other things happen. So that's kind of full circle of me saying, all right, so the finances dipped a little bit, but I think we're still actually at the same level. The business alignment, all right, I think we dropped a couple because we're still, we're trying to find the alignment. We are still, and it's not even trying to find the alignment. The alignment is always there. It's just whether or not we will see it and then commit, take committed focused action uh, with confidence in that direction. And that's honestly where we are right now. And we just quite frankly, haven't had the time or the headspace to really do that or to make that a priority because we're more, more focused on our kids and turning this house into a home and getting a car and adapting to the food and the weather and being sick for the first two and a half weeks that we were here and all of this stuff. So that's just the honest truth. Business alignment, we're a six right now, but I guarantee you that that one has room to grow and it's only going to go one way. It can only go up. All right. So the next one, influence and impact. This one I've actually renamed to, I got to remind myself now because I just created this, community. So I renamed this to community because ultimately, if I want to create impact in this world and I want to have influence to be able to inspire people to step into their big crazy ideas and go, you can do this and here's how and let me support you. Hold my hand. I'm going to jump off this cliff with you man, I got to build community. I have to be a contributor to community. And that means everything from my social network, my community online of people that some of them I've never met in person before, but just, just being of service, just being engaged in the conversation, finding my tribe, all of that kind of stuff. But then also building that community, knowing that when I surround myself with people that think the way that I do and that aspire to be greater versions of themselves at all times, and they will push constantly, but not at the expense of their health, but rather with the intent on constantly elevating, man, you can't help but elevate when you get around people like that. So I've proven to myself that I can actually create containers like that and bring people into those spaces by doing the retreat that I did with Mike Prince. And of course, I have many other examples of that, how I've done that over the years with different programs that I've ran and how we've ran group programs. And, you know, Danielle and I have run many, many masterminds together where we support people on their sales and money mindset. That was one of the groups that we ran. The Source Collective, of course, that was another example of this where, you know, did we create impact and influence on the people that were a part of that and that we had join us on calls and everything? 100%. Those people spoke it out loud, how the conversation was enlightening. It was uplifting. It had them move in a committed, focused way, in a direction that was getting them more connected to their own oneness. Like that inspires the shit out of me. But I get to continue to build community. Now, where am I at with that right now? I ranked myself as a seven. I'm gonna keep myself as a seven because I feel like, no, you know what? I'm gonna drop myself. I'm gonna drop myself to a six. I'm just gonna be honest. The reason being is that quite frankly, I've had to pull away from that because I'm committing so much more effort in other areas of my life. So this kind of speaks to this idea of like, can we expand time? Can we actually do it all? Can we have it all? I believe that it's possible. What I'm saying right now is that I believe that, not even believe, the truth is, is I've pulled back my commitment to be more engaging with my community and more of service with my community to make sure that I'm good and then my family's good and then my relationship is good. 
And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that right now. And then I will move into this space where I get to expand time and I get to do it all. And I get to create the influence and the impact that I know that I'm here to create. I am here to serve the change makers of the world, to elevate them, to amplify their impact, to have them be in my circle of being reality creators, just like me. That hasn't changed. So since the last time I did a recording like this, you know, I spoke about that. That's still who I am. I'm just going through a season. I'm riding a different wave right now, which says my family needs me. My wife needs me. I need me. I need me to show up and be the greatest version of myself. And if I don't do that and put my own mask on first, I cannot be of service to these other people that I'm talking about. So that's the truth. That's where I'm at with that one. All right, down to the last one here. And I wasn't expecting to go for an hour here, but hey, it is what it is. This is a deep topic. So the last one I had labeled before as intellect, character, and mindfulness. Now, intellect and character, I actually borrowed and pulled from Lifebook because I thought, yeah, okay, I kind of align with that. You know, like character is not, uh, or reputation is what other people think of you. Character is who you know you are or who you believe to be true who you believe you are to be true, something like that. And and I always resonated with that. I was like, okay, yeah, I can lean into that one. Like, do I believe that? Let me give myself a number, but it's shifted. Intellect, to me, that's a 3D term. When I think about the definition of intellect, I think about like learning. I think about, um, you know, reading books, all that kind of stuff, increasing my skill set, all of those things. And while I do think that that's important, there's other things that have rose above this. And this is why I say like, there's more than 12 dimensions to life. This I'm just creating a bucket that feels right for me to be able to focus my intention and my efforts towards. And then the last one is mindfulness, which to me was just way too expansive. It was not, it was, um, it was not specific enough. <laughs> so here's how I've broken it down now. Instead of, let me see how I actually corrected this. Yeah, so instead of intellect, what I'm referring to this as is expanded wisdom. So it, it's very similar, right? You could even say that uh, expanded wisdom and intellect are the same thing because it is about learning. It is about reading. It is about changing your belief systems. It is about consuming information to help you see different perspectives and evolve and open your mind to possibilities. But to me, when I think about expanded wisdom, I think more on a spiritual realm where it's not a 3D analogy here of, you know, intellect from the perspective of like learning a new language. This is more of a deeper dive into a new understanding of yourself and how expanding the wisdom that I understand to be true by tapping into all of this information and these amazing videos and these podcasts and the conversations that are happening in this world now and what we have to tap into from years past. It's just so amazing and foundational and critical to my own personal growth. So it's got its own category now. And I had ranked myself as an eight before under intellect, but I'm just going to, you know, reassess this from the expanded wisdom perspective and say, I'm an eight there as well. I'm an eight there as well, because I feel like 
I'm making the time and space to consume the expanded wisdom, but then also to reflect on like, where does this show up in my life? What do I believe to be true? Did that shift anything within me? And then of course, to do the next phase of this work, which is the next piece, which is, uh, what did I redefine it as? So I had it as character. Now I refer to this as meditation or connection to higher self. It seems kind of weird to give myself a score with regards to like, how good am I doing meditation? Because what I've understood to be true now is there's no right or wrong way to meditate. So how could I possibly criticize myself on how well I'm meditating? But I think the thing that I can say is, am I making the committed effort and time to be present and aware enough to realize that I can meditate anywhere, anytime, on a rocket ship even, in the middle of a storm. And I mean this literally and figuratively. You know, when I, before we left for Costa Rica, I remember kind of feeling like, oh man, I just don't have any time to do this right now. I'm so busy trying to pack everything and prepare all the stuff and, figure out the flights and all of this stuff. And I remember stopping myself as I was sitting outside of a shopper's drug mart and thinking, I've got five minutes right now as I wait for this prescription to be filled to just sit and be present. And in this case, I actually listened to a guided meditation, but even if that wasn't available to just be aware of what's happening around me and to calm myself, to calm my mind, to say a mantra repeatedly over and over to myself, to get myself into a different state of being, a different vibration. And that's, I think I can put a number to because I know the truth on whether or not I'm making the time for this or if I'm finding excuses to say, I don't got time to slow down. But the truth is, is that I think I just said eight. I'm actually gonna give myself a nine because I've really focused on this for the last three weeks, especially since we've been here. You know, I'm up at 5, 5.30 every single day with the exception of a couple of days so far when I had those late nights. And I make sure that I'm doing all of these things, but especially the meditation, I find that there's times during the day where I'm able to just tap into that, that calm and breathe and just be present in the moments. And I feel really proud about that. So I'm gonna bump myself up one. That's a plus one. That feels good. I like that. Because I would be really hard on myself before. The last one, I was probably lying saying that. Well, actually, I didn't even say meditation last time. It was just character. So I gave myself an eight. But on this one, I'm going to say I'm a nine. And then the last one. So we talked about this as being mindfulness last time. I've actually redefined this now as reflection, journaling. And... On my mindfulness, I gave myself a four. And again, it was such an expansive topic. Like what is mindfulness? Like it's so many things that it was hard to define with a number, which is why I changed it. Reflection, journaling. I've been very consistent with this. In fact, I've almost filled up this entire book since I've been here, usually writing four to five pages a day, including writing my to-do lists out now, pen to paper. That's a huge, huge leap for me. I used to think that that was the biggest waste of time. I got text documents. I can type this out way faster. I can voice the text myself. I can send myself an email. 
why would I possibly write my thoughts out pen to paper? My hand cramps. I don't like doing this. And then I said to myself, no, you get to do this. This is important. This is one of the three pillars of spiritual awakening, which is that meditation, reflection, and expanded wisdom, which is why I have these three now as pillars under the spiritual growth side of things. And the other reason why I did this is because these are the three pillars that Danielle has defined in her Reclaim Your Higher Self. And she has created a framework for people to go through this and have a guided experience. And now it's not, you know, show up and mindlessly do follow, you know, the prompts. There's a lot of pattern interrupts in this too, which is incredibly helpful. But reflection, I'm going to give myself, you know what? Let me think here. My gut's telling me to go with an eight. I'm going to say eight just because, well, a few things. One, I think I can go deeper on my reflections. I think I can go deeper on how much I'm writing every single day and how much time I'm making for this. And then also this journal right here is actually a 12 dimensions of life journal. You can see it right there, right? It's got the same dragonfly symbol on the inside. It's got some prompts and questions. It's got all of the different dimensions uh, laid out in it with prompt questions. And this is the thing that is connected to what I'm doing here, which is every quarter, I not only rank myself, but I go back to each one of these things and I answer these half a dozen questions related to that pillar, that dimension within the 12 dimensions of life so that I can go deeper than just giving myself a number. And here's the truth. The first time I did this back in June, I only did half of them. So I ranked myself on all of them and I went through and I answered all of the questions, the, the journal prompt questions for half of the 12 dimensions. And then I stopped. And that's me being out of integrity because here I am creating this methodology, creating this, you know, just, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like this, this integrated process and framework and tool to be able to become a greater version of yourself to have it all. And I didn't do the work. And now here I am a couple days before the end of this month, which is the end of another quarter, which is when I said that I would do this every single quarter. Part one was three months ago. This is part two. I'm going to do this again at the end of the year. So at the end of December, I'll do this again. And then I will continue doing this. And I've yet to answer these questions. And these questions, there's about six to eight of them per dimension, right? So just do the math on that. We're talking about like 80 questions where these are deep, insightful questions where I get to either skim through it and like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or I can actually reflect on this. It's going to take me like six hours to do it. And part of me thinks like, can I make six hours to do this before Friday? And then another part of me goes, you cannot afford to not do this. Did that come out right? <laughs> yeah, I think it did. And I think you get what I'm saying is like, of course I get to make time for this. If I think that there's something else that's more important in my life, I am not aligning with who I am becoming and who I am committed to serving with these same tools. 
I get to do the deep reflection. I get to look back on how far I've come or maybe how far I've fallen so that I can recenter myself. I can realign myself so that I can attain as I have on this graphic, self-actualization, enlightenment, awareness, oneness, all of these words that have many, many meanings and definitions and mean something different to you than they do to me. But to me, what it is, is just beauty, love for myself. By not doing this, I'm actually not fully loving myself because I get to do this work. And I'll end this episode on that because one of the things that I, that I now know to be true, and I've said it over and over again here, is that all of these dimensions make up you know, a framework of what I believe it means to be a greatest version of yourself, your higher self, oneness, you know, all of that. And they all have equal balance as far as importance, in my opinion, right? Like my relationship growth is just as important as my spiritual growth, as it is my physical growth, as it is my business growth and all of the bubbles that are contained underneath it. But the truth is, is that the foundation of all of that is the spiritual growth. It is the deep dive work on me. And it is the work that most people resist because it doesn't look like work, how we define it in hustle culture or as high achieving entrepreneurs. And I say that air quotes because that is one of my detachments and my breakdowns to have a breakthrough in the last three weeks, which is I no longer identify as a quote unquote entrepreneur. Now there's elements to, again, how that word's defined and who I currently am and have been and what's brought me to here where I'm like, I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm so much more than an entrepreneur. I'm a creative, I'm an artist. I'm a documentarian. I'm, I'm creating a documentary right now. I'm an author to be. And I am an author right now. I've written tons of stuff. I've created tons of content. Just never formalized it in a book. But I will. I will. And right now, actually, I'll even say this out loud. The working title of my book, which I'm sure will change, but it is... Oh, I'm hesitating for a second to say it out loud. And there's, it's a weird thing, right? Because there's part of me that's like, no, don't say that out loud because now you got to commit to that thing. And what if somebody runs with that same idea? And I'm just like, this is me detaching, surrendering, just releasing. Like my experience in my life is my experience. How I interpret it, how I choose to see it, how I choose to show up in it. It's my experience. It's not yours. And all amazing things are co-created and ideas are borrowed from other things. So for me to think that I have this like crazy, you know, world shattering idea or concept for a book that nobody's ever thought of before, like, come on, it's just not true. I get to inspire and influence and impact and elevate others by telling the truth and speaking my story out loud and, and 
holding other people high and saying, I know it looks like this, but you know what? You just can't see this other thing. I can see it because I've done this work. You haven't yet. Trust the process. Slow down. Slow down. Find the calm. Find the silence. And that working title for the book is You're to Blame for Everything or It's All Your Fault. Something to that context. Because it's about radical, extreme responsibility. It's about saying, you get to take ownership for everything in your life. Everything. And love the shit out of all of it. Because if you look at the things in your life where you think, oh man, that was a horrible experience. It could be death even. I've written about this before. But what if it's, you had an idea for a business and you committed to it and you brought it all the way to this point and then one day you decided it was no longer aligned. And he didn't just like light it on fire and go, boom, you're out of here. I no longer align with that. But it's just like, no, you know what? Slight pivot. That's unplanned. That's uncomfortable. That's not what I was expecting to do. But what a blessing. That's how I choose to look at this. And I created that. I did. Nobody else. It's all my fault. And not in a negative way, though. It's just I am responsible for everything in my life. I am the creator of my reality. This is how I choose to live my life. And I rank myself right now with these arbitrary numbers, which may change and evolve over time. And I do this so that I can create consistency and authenticity and integrity in how I show up so that I can inspire others to do the same thing, knowing that if I can show that by being this person and riding the waves in flow state, as opposed to trying to resist or muscle your way or saying, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this. And then boom, that wave comes and crashes down on you and goes, yeah, uh, you don't have a say in this. Your, your destiny is already written. Now it's just whether or not you're willing to surrender to it and actually take the path that allows you to be in flow, which doesn't mean that it's not uncomfortable or that it won't have pain because it will. All amazing things that elevate have to go through a feeling, a state of pain, physically, mentally, spiritually, all of it. But what an amazing ride. This is life. This is what we get to live. And isn't that what it's all about is truly living, starting with how you perceive it and how you choose to show up in it. I never know what I'm going to talk about on these podcasts when I do these solo episodes. And I didn't expect this one to be an hour and 15 minutes, a little longer than usual, but it was exactly what it was supposed to be. And the one thing that I'll say that I do have alignment on and that I know I am already in the process of co-creating is the men's, the extremely conscious men's retreat. That is absolutely happening. The next one that we are going to do, uh, assuming that the universe doesn't say, no, you're not going to do it then. But as of right now, the plan is to do it in February of 2023. 
And this is something that lights my soul. It really does. It lifts me. And we, Mike and I did the last one in June of 2022 in Kelowna. It was incredible. What an experience. I spent six to eight hours this weekend, this past weekend, just editing testimonial videos. And it reinvigorated me saying, oh yeah, we get to do this again. And I'm already in the plans. Like I'm looking at locations, I'm coordinating all the experiences and the events. And Mike and I are brainstorming and we're thinking about how to do it, when to do it, all that kind of stuff. And I wanna invite you, if you're a man, to sign up to the wait list for that. Just to be notified. You're not committing to anything. You're just gonna be notified when we launch this and we, and we release the information about what we have planned for that. And then we also have some ideas for some other activities and some gatherings and some ways to stay accountable and to integrate things like the 12 dimensions of life into your life as well. And that's still being sorted out. Again, it's where the alignment is. It's like, I'm right here. I'm kind of wavering of like, maybe go this way, maybe go that way, maybe we go this way. Okay, kids need me. Let me go over here. Let's go put this on the shelf. But I'm getting really close to feeling where the alignments of how do we operate in between these live, incredible experiences like the men's retreats and be able to be of service and create community in between and really lift the other conscious men conscious creators, reality creators in this, this world that will help me raise my kids, that will help become an example aside from dad of what it means to be a man in this world. I feel massively aligned with that. And that's something that I'm confident in saying that if that calls to you, go to extremelyconscious.com, go and sign up for the wait list. And if you're not a man, one, maybe you know a man, that would resonate with what I just said. Go to that page. You're gonna see the video that we had done. It's incredible. We've got all the testimonials on there now too from all the guys. Send a man you love there to that page. Reach out to me. I'm happy to hop on a call with these people too. I'm calling them in, calling them up. And I'm starting with myself because I get to be the example, not only for these men, but for the two boys that I get to raise, these four and five-year-olds that do need my attention right now. So on that note, I'm gonna sign off. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, please share this one as well. Stay tuned for another version of this in three months. And of course, I will link up all the resources that I mentioned on this episode, as well as this new version of The 12 Dimensions of Life. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel as well as on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. Yeah.